God has created us with good works in mind. So at the very least, our purpose on this earth is to serve others and fulfill God's plans for our lives. And he will give us opportunities and the resources necessary to make a difference wherever we are. So let's talk about it right now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church backslash Venture Church. (laughs) Yes, we're in the process of switching our name, so soon we'll just be saying Venture Church. We're looking forward to that. I hope you guys will uh, keep in tune with that and be praying for us as we make that change. Hey, uh, we just want to say we're so glad that you've downloaded this podcast today, uh, that we believe wherever you are listening to this podcast, that God has placed you where you are for a reason and a purpose. And we are praying that um, God will reveal that to you, maybe through this podcast or or some other form uh, very soon of why he has you where you are. So um, it's hard to believe that this is our last week uh, of our series, Back to the Basics. Uh, so far, we've covered prayer scripture, confession, and today we'll be talking about service, or said another way, serving others. Uh, And truth be told, we could probably do a whole basic series for another three months, honestly, uh, as there are so many good practices and and rhythms that we as followers of Jesus uh, can commit to. So I pray our time together over the past few weeks will serve as a springboard to you, and that you will spend future time exploring other topics like Sabbath, giving, communion, and uh, so many others. So, uh, in, uh, in fact, I- I'm excited to tell you guys uh, that uh, at our church, we'll be starting a, um, uh, a foundation class series for new believers. And I believe it wouldn't hurt for us veterans to go through it this as well. In fact, uh, my hope is, be in prayer for this, I'm hoping to be able to offer it through a podcast as well. So um, looking forward to that and um, just be praying for us as we try to figure that out. I know we'll be starting within our church. Just be praying that maybe I can offer that through a podcast as well. Uh, I'm just going to look at uh, timing and how that will play out uh, in our audio version only, right? You know, because typically you want some feedback with that, those types of classes and things. So we'll be, we'll be looking out for that. But anyway, uh, but one thing I know for sure, spending time with Jesus is profitable. And we're not talking financially profitable, we're talking spiritually profitable. As as we already discussed, prayer and scripture are things we should be committing ourselves to on a daily basis, right? And not because we need to check some religious box in our righteous to-do list, okay? But because that's where Jesus is. That's where we reconnect with our Savior and King uh, that's where we get the fuel necessary to go and do good deeds in, in service to others. Trading our time and treasures so that others may experience the love of Christ. And that in this topic today, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about. Kingdom-minded service. Okay? So, uh, when you think of serving others, what images come to mind? You know, if I ask you to pray about trading your time, talent, and treasure in order to serve and bless others, what comes to mind? So I imagine many of you are simply thinking about 
maybe giving money as an opportunity, or maybe doing a service project, right? Uh, maybe you've, if you've ever been on a mission trip or know someone who has, then you know that's another possible avenue for, for service, right? And truth be told, there are hundreds of ways we can serve others. While uh, it might be beneficial uh, use of time to do that, um, to list all of these these items today, you know, in this podcast, um, we're going to spend our time on the biblical heart behind serving others. That's what we're going to do with this podcast today. So we're going to look at the motivation behind the action, right? Which, which I believe in the long run will serve, <laughs> no pun intended, all of us more than a, than a bullet point list of service ideas and projects. Cause we can, we can sit down and we can just come up with all kinds of things to do. There's never, a, there's never an ending list to service projects. There's never is. Okay. So those are, those are, that's the easy thing. It's, it's the motivation behind the action that, that we need to look at in our, in our lives. So, uh, how many of you remember, or even had one of those WWJD bracelets, right? Do you remember those, those little rubber bracelets that said WWJD on them, right? Uh, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, just hang with me for a few minutes, okay? Um, but I want you to think about this this phrase. And if you have an opportunity to write it down, that would be great. Uh, I love having people take notes. So if you listen to my podcast regularly, um, I encourage you to take some notes because I give you opportunity to write notes all the time. But anyway, so write this down. What would Jesus do? Question mark. Because that's what that WWJD stands for. What would Jesus do? Question mark. Okay. The phrase itself actually goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. And he was even employed in sermons by the great preacher, Charles Spurgeon. So it's not exactly a new idea. It was some, not some great invention of some phrase, right? But, but let's go back to the bracelets for a moment. Because the bracelets began as a grassroots movement in the 1990s out of a youth group in Holland, Michigan. And the youth pastor was trying to figure out a simple way for their students to remember the phrase, what would Jesus do, right? Little did they know that the bracelets would become this worldwide phenomenon, right? I mean, everybody had them. It was a Christian and unchristian. I mean, it, it, believer, non-believer, right? It just, they just were everywhere, you know, it, which was really awesome to see non-Christians <laughs> wearing bracelets that said, what would Jesus do? And they don't even really know Jesus, right? It was, it was crazy. But it's, it didn't spark the entire generation to consider what would Jesus do, right? So as I reconsider that, that, that phrase today and how it pertains to serving others, I'm reminded of a verse, Matthew 20, 28, for it says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve others. Christ came to trade his life, his energy, his time, everything he had so that others like you and I could have life, and in our case, eternal life. And so as we follow him and, and learn to live like him, we are called to give our lives like he did so that others may experience life. Now, you may be thinking, do I have to be, do I have to be like Jesus to everyone? right? Do I have to be Jesus to everyone? What, what about people I don't like, you know? Well, let me share what he says. Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Matthew 5, right? We talked about that in our prayer episode, right? Where I challenged you during that week uh, when we talked about prayer to pray for the enemy 
in our lives because we all have one, right? And then if you don't have one, go find one. No, no, don't go find one. But we really all have one, right? We have an enemy. Now, you might be not, you know, it's not some supervillain that shoots laser beams at, at you all the time and tries to want to murder you or anything like that, okay? That, you know, hopefully you don't have one like that, but you might. But, <laughs> but well, you know, everybody has one person that's in their life, at least one, that just kind of irritates them or is annoying to them or you just don't see eye to eye or whatever. They're just kind of that enemy, right? So be praying for them, right? Love on them. Well, you might be saying, well, what about my neighbors, Dan? What about people that I don't even know? Am I supposed to be Jesus to them? You know, I find it amazing how many people who do not know the people they live next to. And, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm guilty as, of this as well, right? I, I might know the names of some of my neighbors, which I do, right? I, I kind of know a few of the names of my neighbors, but, but I don't know them, you know? I don't know what's going on in their lives. I don't know, you know, I don't want to be that nosy neighbor, but I, if we're going to live them with, by them for years and years and years, you know, some of you might live by your neighbors for the rest of your life, you know, you know, we should know them, you know, Jesus would probably have us read the story of the good Samaritan to talk about this, right? Found in the gospel of Luke 10, 25 through 37. I think he would have us read that as we question that. So, that's what we're going to do, okay? Uh, Luke 10, 25 through 37. Let's, let's read it together. Listen to what it says. I'm reading from the NIV again today. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your, your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus replied, you answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But, the, but this, this, this teacher, this guy, wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So Jesus replied and said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan has traveled, uh, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. I want to pause there for a second, okay? I need to paint a picture here. Do you all know what a Samaritan is? Okay, I think when you hear the word a Samaritan person, you know, I think most people immediately think, that well, that means a good person. Well, back in the time, back in this time, a Samaritan was, was actually a group of people of a mix of Gentile and Jewish ancestry, and they were hated by the Jews. Even though they, had, they were partial Jewish, Jews, they were still hated by, by, by the, Jew, the, the, the true Jews, right? I, I, don't, know, I don't know why, particularly, um, but they, were, they just were. And so what we have here is a man hated by the man, he is about to help out. And here we struggle to just pray for our enemies, right? Don't we? Okay, let's read on. 34 through 35. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, or denarii, however you pronounce it, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Let's pause there again. This good Samaritan gives the innkeeper two denarii. 
Do you understand the importance of this? You see, this is two days of wages for this guy. He just gave away two days worth of pay for a guy who's supposed to be his enemy. And we struggle to bring a can of soup to help out a food pantry. Do you see where I'm going here? Okay, let's read on. Verse 36 through 37. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? That's what Jesus asked this man. And I'm asking you the same thing. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? Well, obviously it makes sense. The good Samaritan, right? The Samaritan. And the expert in the law replied as well, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So did you see what Jesus said? He said, go and do likewise, right? Now, did you see what was written before this? Or did you hear what was written before this? It is written, it is written Jesus told him. Jesus didn't ask. He didn't say, please. He didn't say, would you mind? It says Jesus told him what to do. By the way, how many of you are parents? How many of you listeners are parents? So when you tell your kids to do something and they decide not to listen, <laughs> what is your response? You know, what is your response to that? Is it, oh, it'll be okay. No, it's typically, ah, oh, how dare you tell me no, right? Go sit in time out or depending on their age, you know, you're grounded or whatever, right? You don't put up with it. Now, if you were to respond to Jesus with a no on this, what do you think he's thinking about us? Just saying, right? Just saying. Some of you might ask, well, what about my day-to-day -day living? What if, what if I'm having a bad day, right? A hard time. What if, man, it's just one of those days, Dan, I, there's no, I can't approach. I approach somebody. I'm just, you know, I can't be doing this and helping somebody. I'm just, just this is a horrible day, right? What if I simply cannot function, you know, and do any meaningful thing for this, for another person? I'm just not quite there, Dan. I'm just, you know. Well, a couple of things come to mind here, okay? The first one being something that Jesus said to the Apostle Paul. Listen to what he says. My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may reside in me. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Paul says he'll boast even more in his weakness, right? And the reason for that is because it gives all the glory to Jesus, right? So on one hand, be confident that even in your weakness, God can use what you have to offer. See, the truth is, even if you can send a text message, you are able to send someone an encouraging note. And I'm sorry, you really have to be in a bad shape to not be able to use two thumbs to send a text message, right? And you might say, well, Dan, I do have two broken thumbs. Use some other fingers. Use toes. Whatever. Use a tongue. You know, seriously, come on. It's not that hard to send a text message to someone, right? Okay? Uh, we have redial. We have, you know, a, a, a directory in our phone. We can push one button. We can even speak. I forgot about this. We can even speak to Siri or Alexa and say, hey, make a text or a phone call, right? We don't even have to push any buttons. We just have to speak, okay? You can access the internet, right? You can send an email. Oh, my gosh, you can use social media for actually what it's for, <laughs> right? Instead of sending all this bad stuff out there, right? Okay, there are numerous avenues made available f for us through technology to serve and love others, right? The second thing that comes to mind is something that the Apostle Paul says to himself. 
or, or not says to himself, he says himself this. Instead of Jesus saying this, Paul says this, okay? He says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-8. Now, full disclosure. Paul is definitely talking about money here, okay? And so I don't want to mislead you. We're not going to just roll into, oh, Dan's going to be talking about giving money and, and make this all about money. No, I think this principle applies to serving others right? I believe sowing and reaping are godly principles that play out in many different areas of our lives. And and I know for a fact, God loves a cheerful giver, right? I know he will give us all we need so that in every situation we can abound in every good work, right? That's that's the economy of, of the kingdom. It's bountiful. It's plentiful. And even when you don't feel like you're are, you are enough or or have enough, God works through you as you offer yourself as a living sacrifice into his service. See, it's not all about money, okay? I, I will emphasize, though, <laughs> it does take money to do some of the service that we do, so keep that in mind, okay? It's not all about money, but let's just be real. We all know it takes money to run a household. And we believe, especially here at Chandler Acres Venture Church, that, that we are a household. We are a family of God. And so, therefore, it does take money to, to operate. It does every day. Okay? So, anyway, so what would Jesus do? He would, and he did, offer himself for others. He gave himself fully to the work the Father sent him to. And here's what, what, where, why that's important. Because we are called to follow his example. Okay, we're called to follow his example, right? So now to kind of switch gears a little, I want to ask you this question, okay? Do you ever have this feeling that you were made for more than a mediocre life you daydream escaping from? You know, in other words, you, you sit in life and like, gosh, I gotta be made for more than what I'm doing right now, right? Well, what if that feeling was real? Right? What if it was something deep inside you planted there by the divine creator of the cosmos? Well, I believe it is. Turn with me to Ephesians 2.10. If you can turn with me, I would love for you to grab a Bible right now and turn with me and see this. I don't want you to just take my word for it, okay? I want you to see it for yourself, okay? Ephesians 2.10. Write this down if you can then, okay? Here's, I want you to go back and look at it. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. There you go, right? It's right there in scripture. You were created for more. You were created for more, okay? In fact, if you can write that down, that would be awesome. Say, I was, write it this way, I was created for more. That could be your life life sentence, right? That could be your life life, uh, motto, right? I was created for more created in Christ to do good work, work that God the Father prepared in advance. You are created for more than mediocrity. You are created for good works, divine works, kingdom works, and, 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 and there is so much of the kingdom life to experience on the other side of serving others. Okay, The gospel of Luke says, put your hand to the plow and don't look back. Okay, 
In other words, you know what? Just just get there and, and give it a try, right? Go after it. Get into it and try. Start small. Start with a, a donation or a message to someone, right? Start by donating some food to the local food bank. Start start by serving, uh, you know, maybe in the kids' ministry once a month in your church, you know? Help out the nursery. Help out children's church or whatever you guys do for, to, for your children's ministry. Maybe youth ministry, whatever, right? See, you were created for more. You, you were actually, in fact, made for more than mediocrity, okay? If, if, if you want to find a, a specific place to serve, um, we here have what we call Serve Board, that where you can sign up for all kinds of uh, teams and service projects like landscaping, cleaning, welcome, security, and many others, okay? My encouragement to you is if you're at a, at a church that, that, that is a Christian church and wants to, I, I wanna, I'm going to bet they have opportunities for you to serve. Just go ask. If they don't have somewhere you can just sign up, go ask, right? Just just go ask. So I want to ask you this question, okay? And, and, and it's, it's really not even a question. It's kind of demand, but it's a question format, okay? So here's, here's what I want you to ask you. Where will you serve? Not when will you serve or how you will serve. Where will you serve? See, you need to serve. We're called to serve. So it is where will you serve? If Jesus came to serve others, we need to be an example. We need to serve others. So where will you serve? We've covered a lot of ground in the past few weeks. And again, I hope and pray it's a springboard for you. And at the very least, I hope you will find regular time to pray and read the word every day. I pray you will find feel confident and empowered in confessing your sins and praying with other believers. And finally, I hope you'll find a meaningful place to serve others. And I trust in serving others, you will experience in new ways, in fuller ways, the love of God made available through Christ and the fellowship of believers. As Christ has loved, we are to love. And it says in Scripture, in 1 John three sixteen, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. The life of faith is a marathon. Not a, not a race, right? It's not some short sprint, right? You don't have to do everything all at once. Start small and build. But just make sure you start somewhere today. Amen. This concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We also hope you enjoyed this series. Uh, we'll ask that you return next week as we start a new series called Collide. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast in Chandler Acres Ministries, or you'd like to become a patron, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.